Hi. This is, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Once you know it's for real, you're like, <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Kirsten Jones. And I'm Susie Walton. And this is our podcast, hashtag Raising Athletes with Kirsten and Susie. Our passion is supporting parents and raising not only strong athletes, but extraordinary people. Join us each week as we tackle all topics youth sports, including everything from early specialization and overuse injuries to helping our kids feel empowered and learn how to advocate for themselves, not only in the classroom and on the court, but at dinner tables and in their communities. We'll be talking to coaches, athletes, parents, and anyone else who will speak to us (laughs) about their experiences with youth sports and their paths to success. And even more importantly, their failures. Yes, we're going to get into the gritty details of what went wrong so that we can all learn from it, teach our kids and ourselves how to do better next time. Because in the words of Maya Angelou, when you know better, you do better. So welcome to Raising Athletes, because we love to win too. Let's do this. Hi, I'm Kirsten Jones, a former Division I volleyball athlete, a 14-year Nike executive, a wife, a proud mother of three, and a sports parenting coach. And I'm Susie Walton. I'm a mom with four growing sons. One's an MBA coach. One's a college coach. They all played basketball throughout their entire lives. I'm a past swimmer, volleyball player, and I am absolutely passionate about sports. And along with that, I am the owner and founder of Indigo Village. Awesome. I'm so excited to be with you here today again. Woohoo! Episode three. We are going to talk about habits. Uh, It's February 2nd, and by Valentine's Day, 80% of us, if we haven't already, will have dropped our New Year's resolution. And one of the things we know is that when we build the muscle around a habit, that creates success. And our teenagers' brains are 10 times more addictive to whatever it is we put in front of them than because their frontal lobe is open than our adult brains are. So why not, you know, we want our goal is to offer them some positive habits. And so I want to talk today with with you about how can, you know, what does that mean? And how do we help our kids create good habits? And what is our role in helping them create positive habits in their life? Well, I, I feel like I always go back to the same thing. The best way to teach your kids anything, and right now we're talking about positive habits, is by modeling it. You know, parents right now that are listening to this, how many of you have some really positive habits, you know, that your kids actually see you do? You know, do you do you spend every morning maybe standing outside on your porch and breathing in the fresh air and, you know, smiling? Or do you maybe once a week go and pick out flowers at the farmer's market that you love and it just makes you feel better? I mean, those just little habits like that that are very positive. And, you know, of course, exercise, you know, do you? Yeah. Do you go run or do you go play volleyball or do you go swim a few times a week with that knowing and letting your kids know this is important for me and my self-care? So I think think the the most important thing is modeling what you're wanting. Absolutely. One habit I started about a year and a half ago, and I know you do this too, but meditation. um, And I do it twice a day. And it's wonderful. Now that my kids are a little bit older, I've got teenagers, they get it when they see me meditating, they they you know walk in, open their mouth, and then they turn around and they walk out. <laughs> they realize mom's meditating. Leave her alone. But 
it's great. You know, and occasionally I catch my daughter meditating and that's awesome because she's seeing me do it. She sees me valuing my time alone to do that. And that's something that she then says, Oh, mom's doing it. This, this could be something worthwhile. Let me check mm-hmm. it out. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. today's my actual birthday. Yay, happy I'm, birthday. You, I'm not, yeah, I'm saying that because this morning I'm like, okay, it's another brand new year. How do, what kind of habits do I want to just get going again? And I have been meditating, but I'm like, I'm meditating for sure this morning and I'm making my bed this morning because I, the once someone said, you know, does your house, is your house already always ready for somebody like the Dalai Lama to walk in and just be like, Oh, I love your place, you know? And so, and I think about that and that really helps me with my positive habits, but sometimes I get all lazy on it. So today I'm just like, if the Dalai Lama came in today, he would love my house. It's full of flowers for my birthday. My bed's made, you know, and I meditated a little bit. And then I went and played beach volleyball at 645 this morning. I mean, I just made things happen because it's my birthday and I want to continue every day with this. And if nothing else goes right the rest of the day, you've already had a beautiful day, right? uh, Yeah. Got up, made your bed. Got your, got fresh flowers. Got to go go do something you went love. Went to get coffee. The pay, they gave me a coffee for free because it was oh. my birthday. Went and played volleyball. Jumped in the ocean. It was freezing, but it was well worth it. And now I'm talking on podcasts with you, my, one of my favorite people in the world. So, oh, me too. Yeah. Yay. So is that habit, is that positive habit it, that makes us feel so good when we get on track again? Yes. So let's talk about that. So Charles Duhigg wrote this book called The Power of Habit, and in it he talks about what every habit every habit we have includes three things, the cue, the habit, and the reward. Whether it's good or bad, doesn't matter. Every habit has the cue, the habit, and the reward. So think about your positive habits or even your negative habits. Um, You know, a good example he's used in the book is about smoking. Not that I have any experience in that, but he says, you know, people will have this habit around smoking. They'll be a smoker for 20 years. Once they stop, within a hundred hours, you no longer crave it. Nicotine, the nicotine's out of your body. So you're physically not addicted to it anymore, but what you're craving is the habit. And you have the habit of you wake up in the morning and instead of a, a positive habit, you're looking at your coffee pot. And every morning you go to the coffee pot, you make the coffee, you sit down, you smoke your cigarette. <coughs> excuse me. Then you're craving more of that, right? Mm-hmm. It's good. So, I think it's a familiarity. <laughs> You know, yes. in the, it's like, this is what my body knows. This is what I'm used to doing. So what you need to do is replace that habit. We can't get rid of habits entirely, but we can replace them. So you can lay down new wiring over the bad habit. And re, instead of having the cigarette, you decide to go out outside and meditate. You replace it with a different habit and you mm-hmm. start to build the muscle that way. Because... All habits are driven by a cue, which is one of five things. It's a time, it's a place, it's the presence of certain other people, it's an emotion, or it's a certain preceding action. All Everything that we do that's habitual is driven by that. So when you think of one of those that's five so interesting, things, isn't it? it's fascinating. I mean, I think about me, I'm sugar, I love yeah. chocolate. Every night I sit down to watch my favorite show, I sit on the couch, I'm done for the day. So I'm, I think, oh, I get to reward myself. And that's when I kick in, I need chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that funny? Like I so don't desire chocolate in the morning, but in that nighttime, I'm like, just a a little bit. I've trained myself. what you're used to doing, right? Right. Absolutely. Same thing with workouts for me too, the exercise part of this whole habit. Like I am so, my habit is to do it in the morning. And if I try to kid myself and say, well, I'll do it in the afternoon. Doesn't happen. Do I ever do it? It's not even in my mindset to do it in the afternoon, but in the morning I can feel that habit of me 
so used to all these years of doing some kind of a workout in the morning. Which is exactly right, because in the morning, it's a habit. In the afternoon, it's willpower. It's a have to. <laughs> it's a have to. And you have to have enough willpower in the afternoon in order to muscle that to make yeah. it happen. And we don't have a ton of willpower. We only have willpower for three or four things. And if you have to have to do this, have to do that, have to do this, by the time you have to go work out, eh, that goes away. I'll think I'll go have a piece of chocolate instead, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the goal is to help kids move and ourselves move from things that are willpower driven to habitually driven. And the more we can do that, I've got a good example I was sharing with you earlier about my son who as a freshman kind of struggled academically, kind of got hit in the head by some honors classes and was like, oh wow, this is a lot harder than I thought. So kind of went into shutdown. We were bugging him all the time. You need to get better grades, this and that, you know, which of course drove the grades down further. <laughs> Finally, we realized, okay, this isn't very effective. So let's let go a little bit. Let's step back and let him figure it out. And then through that process, now as he's a junior and he's really taken ownership of his grades. And the other day, we've had a kind of a bad run with the team, basketball team, and we, he's, we've lost four or five games in a row and he was having an awful day, came home, was licking his wounds. And the next morning, he walk, walks out of his bedroom. He's like, I got a 96 on my English test. He was so proud of himself. And it was like, it was a really cool moment because I think high tides raise all boats. And what he realized is it's the act of me being gritty around and, and keep going with the academics. And that's what I need to do with my athletics as well. It's not always going to go well. It's not always going to go well in academics either. But if I keep coming back, I keep showing up, I get that habit of this is the standard that I'm going to have for myself in these arenas, mm -hmm. you start to see results. And when he sees the results over here, that builds confidence for his results in his athletics right. as well. Right. So we talk a little bit about results, you know, and how in intention equals results. Cause when it comes to setting goals, you know, we have the intention to, you know, exercise five days a week or something. But then we find ourselves not, and, you know, so we're looking at the results. You might have that goal, but the, re the results aren't showing you that you're not, you know, in that mode of your goals. So it's not that we ever um, give up, well, not most often, it's not that we gave up the goal of working out five days. We just got sidetracked, you know, see the intention's always there, but sometimes we get sidetracked. And so, and we can tell by what our results are. Right. So rather than beating ourselves up or, feeling like, God, what a loser, or I guess I'm not even into this. You know, I am. What do I need to do to get back on track? That's, you know, that's the thing. We, we, we can beat ourselves up so bad when we have this habit, so to speak, and then we get off track. Which is perfect. It's a perfect segue into why I want to talk about three principles that I have for locking in a habit. So first of all, it's write it down. There was a study done with some people trying to lose weight, and they let some people just kind of do their own thing and do the best you can to lose weight. The other people, they said, one day a week, write down what you eat, just one day. And they wrote down what they, what they ate one day a week. And what happened was over time, they started to think, oh, I ate this this day. Then they started to, to do it every single day. And once they started to do it every single day, it became what he, call, he calls a keystone habit. Once we have a keystone habit, which is something that we're just doing every day, it's something that now our basal ganglia has taken over and is is executing for us, it's now hardwired in there. Those people all lost a ton of weight, not by changing necessarily what they ate on a huge scale, but just by paying attention because they, they wrote it down every day, um, which I think is super fascinating, which led to the number two. So first, write down your goals. 
even and so at night I've been doing this lately where two two minutes, three minutes, what did you eat for the day? You, you know, you write it down. Number two, you need some intermittent rewards. To your point, you said, you know, you fall off the wagon and then you like you get depressed because you're like, well, I tried that, you know, which is why we're all off of our New Year's resolutions by Valentine's Day because, oh, I tried it. Oh, well, back to, back to regular programming. But you have, you, you have these little bitty intermittent goals. And usually, he said, even what happens in the study where people will eat really good for three days, and then on the fourth day, they go nuts. And so then you fall off the wagon altogether. Well, instead, you say, okay, I had a bad day. Then you get back on it, right? So, okay, three, three good days, one bad day. Three good days, one bad day. Well, what happens is over time, you're still winning. You're still getting, and then you're building that muscle. And then the, the third one is setting really little mini goals because sometimes we try to eat the elephant in one bite. Like I'll never, I'm going to run for us every day the rest of my life. <laughs> I'm never going to eat sugar again. I don't eat it. I'm never going to have a glass of wine I'm gonna again. I'm going to go to bed at you know nine o'clock every night so I can yes. get early and do my workouts. I mean, and for my son, you sticking with him as an example, he's a Coke. He loves Coke. He loves the sugar. And he said he realized, he, but he has these goals. I need to gain 20 pounds. I'm like, what is that doing for you? He's like, nothing. So what is that doing for your energy before a game? Nothing. So we sit down as a family and on New Year's Eve and write out our goals and do a vision board and talk about, he's like, I need to eat healthier if I really want to reach this goal. And that's kind of what we wanted to do a little role play again today and talk about ownership of your goals, right? So mm-hmm. um, what happens when parents impose the goal versus the team takes over and, and uh, owns their goal? So do you want to be the parent or you want me to be the parent? Uh, I'll be the parent. Okay. And the first time we'll do it the ineffective way. Okay. Okay. So what is your goal? Did you say? Well, I'm going to play in college. So I, I need to gain 20 pounds. Well, then how come you're eating what you're eating? Because it feels good. But it's not good. I mean, you, you're telling me you want to play in college, but the way you're acting and the way you're eating is not helping. I don't get where, like, what's this dream of yours if you're not willing to follow through? But I saw so-and-so do it and he could see whatever he wants and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. So listen, I need you to handle this goal. And if you do, every time you eat healthy, you will get $20 each day. Really? Yeah. Because it's important for me to make sure you get to the college that you want to go to and play ball. Okay, cool. Got it? Got it. Okay. (laughs) How long is that going to (laughs) last? Well, either I have to find a lot of $20 or I, I know, you know, for you guys listening to what's going on right now, it's a very external motivation. You know, Kissa has no really a strong desire. She has an idea that she wants to do it. But when the parents step in and start offering rewards and, and bribes of that sort, it becomes an external thing. And at that point, the parent has now taken responsibility for the child's goal. And you know what else I'm trying to do already? I'm trying to figure out how can I lie <laughs> to perceive that I'm hitting this goal for my mom so that she's happy with me? And go off and do my own thing anyway. And get, pay- and get paid. And get paid. <laughs> I'm, I'm circumnavigating the system already without, you know, day one, minute or one. I could say, okay, you know what? I'm going to hire you a trainer and I'm going to get you on a weight management. I'll get hire a coach for your weight management and we will make sure this happens for you. That's the helicopter parent right there, you guys that are listening, where I'm taking complete control and yeah. everybody I think I need to get my daughter to be on task to what she's wanting to do. Yeah. And I'm trying, I'm doing it because I love her so much. The parents out there, stop loving them so much. 
And which I mean by that is stop doing so much for them. It's not helpful. Let's do the better one. Okay. So how's your goal going? Not great. I mean, I really want to gain more muscle because if I want to play at the next level, I know I need to be stronger, but I love sugar. I in and out calls my name every night after practice. I don't know what to do about it. In and out calls my name too. We have something in common, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> double double with cheese feels good to me. I don't know why. It just does. I was just there last night. <laughs> no wonder we so love each we other. Both have so same issues. You are my daughter. Yeah. So what do you want to do about it? I want to be able to eat what I want and I want to hit my goal. So how does that look for you? I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'm going to eat what I want and hope that it works out. You can give that a try. Is there anything I can do to support you in it? Or do you have this handled? Like, I mean, I do. I really, I do. This is really important to me. Like this has been, you know, this has been yeah, my dream since that. third grade. Like right. I, I wrote it down and you found it under my bed, this goal that I have to go play in college. So you know how important this is to me, but it's really hard. And like all my friends eat what they want and they yeah. don't have to worry about it. And it's well, frustrating. I have an idea. You do? Yeah. Would you like to hear it? I would love it. Okay. So how about I, I, I commit to keep making really healthy food meals at the house. And then you get to choose how and what you want to eat when you're not in the house. Would that help? That that sounds good. And then I mean, if you feel like you're eating whatever, that you're not there on very much, you can always come back and ask for more help. But it's really going to be up to you. Like, it's because it's one thing you're saying that you want this. So let's see how you do with it. That feels good. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of saying I I need to take ownership of it, huh? Yeah, I'll do my part to help you as your parent, you know, by because I, you know, I like good food. I like organic food, so that'll be in the house. I, I won't bring junk in the house to support that part of your life, but <laughs> you know, it's that whole self management part, right? This is the time you get to learn to master it, and you're going to be really good at it sometime, and you're going to be really bad at it sometimes because in any mastery, you're going to make mistakes. But the biggest thing is to know you know, when you go off the wagon, so to speak, it's not the end of the world. And all you do have to do is, you know, make yourself to do something different. Absolutely. I love that, it. Okay. Yeah. As he talks about, right, the social support. So knowing that when you come into the house, you have the support from your family, because you do hear that a lot. People are like, you know, I go home, but my parents are eating pizza every night or whatever, or, you know, whatever the case is that you're not, once you, your, your environment's been sabotaged, it's hard to overcome Absolutely. the, the wiring walking, is there. You walk in the house and you're like, you know, you're looking a little flabby. Yeah. <laughs> but you want to be a all-star, you know, like, you know, like thinking negative motivation is, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, some people out there thinking what well, worked for me when I was a negative, but you know, you're probably the A type person that anything would work for you just to prove everybody wrong and you get what you, you know, what you need, but everybody else we're like, fine, then I won't even try. Right. So it's, it's saying it's, as a parent, it's important that you stay encouraging without rescuing. Right. You show empathy, but not sympathy. There's a fine line between both of those. Awesome. So good. Yeah. With building, helping them build their own keystone habits. And as you said, modeling it. So the more keystone habits that you can find and like if it's, you know, eating healthier, which I think we can all, I mean, that's what we struggle with as a nation, right? Is eating because everything has sugar in it. Everything 
is fast food and everything. So creating a keystone habit like that, where you're food journaling, when you're, once you start food journaling, what happens is you start exercising more. Once you start exercising more, they actually found people start using their credit card less. Really? Why? Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? Because you just start caring that much more about everything. Oh, I don't really need that. Can and I think, you know, especially for teenagers, I think like just that, like say, hey, let's have, I, I'm going to challenge you one week of just healthy eating. And then, because I want you to get in touch with how your body feels without any junk food in it. Just one week. And yeah. then the next week you get to choose if you want to do that or go back to eating some junk. You know, yeah. but just to give you, I, I want you to have that experience both ways so that you start managing and knowing what's best for you and your body. Excellent. I love that advice. That's so awesome. Cool. All right. Well, I think that's about our time for the day. All right. All right. So I suggest everybody out there, um, sit down with your kids, parents included, all sit down together. And each of you set a goal for this week. Whatever, you know, I know we're talking about sports. So if they're in sport, what's the goal? They want to sleep more, you know, they want to get up earlier, whatever it is, like one goal. And then the rest of the family says to that person, how can we support you with your goal? And then write it down and never, even parents, you get a goal and you tell your kids, you can support us by, you know, making sure we, we get, we get outside and, and take a walk at least around the block, if nothing else. Like, and then, so now you're teaching about cooperation and true team. And, you know, you feel the support of people, you know, I like say, Kristen, it, today is, you know, it's five o'clock and you haven't been outside yet. Come on, I'll go with you. Let's go. Yeah. And, and, and then the next week you guys sit down again and go over each of the goals and see how everybody did. And if, you know, if they need to continue on with that one or they want to try a new one, but I think helping them out and having that conversation like you guys do at the beginning of the year is really helpful. Yeah, my middle son, his basketball coach says he wants everybody to do 100 push-ups and 100 or five minutes of plank every single day. And so Parker's decided he wants to do it first thing in the morning. So he says, wake me up at 6.20, 6.30, I'll get in the shower. Then I'm going to do my little mini workout before I have breakfast. I said, absolutely. And I said, what can I do? And he said, if you could just remind me every night before I go to bed, like that's what I'm going to do in the morning. And he gets up. And he's been doing it and he's now built that muscle. It's now moving from the frontal lobe into the back, into the basal ganglia. He's, it's on autopilot. Nice. And if, he, if he doesn't feel like doing it, I say, hey, you know, you got to do it today. He's like, oh, yeah, thanks for the reminder. But it's not me saying, hey, your coach said you're supposed to do this. Right. If you want to do this, then you better do that. Yeah, he has to own it. And if he owns it, then I'm happy to support you in it. I'm happy to, you know, whatever I can do, I'll make, it, I'll make your lunch for you if that's what you want to do, because right. if you're taking care of yourself, I'm happy to help take care of you too. That's so important. Those habits. I mean, I, I remember with, you know, my son, Luke, like at six, he's goes, I'm going to play in the NBA. You know, who everybody says I'm playing the NBA, but watching him and what he did to self-discipline all through those years with practicing, there was it wasn't never, external at all. It was never one day I had to say, if you want to play in the NBA, you better go shoot 20 free throws or, and it was just internal the entire time. Yeah. Ultra focus. This is what I want to do in my life. So that's great. Yeah. So that's what we're actually looking for with all the, our kids is that internal drive that they've got to want it more than you parents. Yeah. And if you want it more than they do, then that's a big red flag. Big red flag. And we'll talk about that in another podcast. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much for listening. You can check out any tools we offered in today's podcast in the links we've included in the show notes. And while you're at it, be sure to click on the subscribe button in your listening app so you never miss an episode and then share 
the hashtag raising athletes love with other sports parents who also desire a little inspiration and support in helping their teen reach peak performance on the court, in the classroom, and most importantly, in their belief in themselves. Our desire is to create a parenting community where you feel supported and heard. So feel free to email any questions or comments you'd like to hear addressed on the next podcast to support at raising-athletes.com. Again, that's support at raising-athletes.com. And remember, when we know better, we do better. So let's do this. Thank you so much for your time. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah. And we'll talk soon.